Section 6 of The Blue Poetry Book, edited by Andrew Lang. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Alan a Dale Alan a Dale has no faggot for burning. Alan a Dale has no furrow for turning. Alan a Dale has no fleece for the spinning. Yet Alan a Dale has red gold for the winning. Come read me my riddle, come hearken my tale, and tell me the craft of bold Alan a Dale. The Baron of Ravensworth prances in pride, and he views his domains upon Arkendale's side. The mere for his net, and the land for his game, the chase for the wild, and the park for the tame. Yet the fish of the lake and the deer of the vale are less free to Lord Dacre than Alan a Dale. Alan a Dale was ne'er belted a knight. Though his spur be as sharp, and his blade be as bright, Alan a Dale is no baron or lord, yet twenty tall yeomen will draw at his word. And the best of our nobles his bonnet will veil, who at Rearcross on Stanmore meets Alan a Dale. Alan a Dale to his wooing is come, the mother she asked of his household and home, though the castle of Richmond stand fair on the hill, my hall, quoth bold Alan, shows gallanter still. Tis the blue vault of heaven with its crescent so pale, and with all its bright spangles, said Alan a Dale. The father was steel and the mother was stone. They lifted the latch and they bade him be gone. But loud on the morrow their wail and their cry, he had laughed on the lass with his bonny black eye. And she fled to the forest to hear a love tale. And the youth it was told by was Alan a Dale. By Sir Walter Scott the beleaguered city. I have read in some old marvelous tale, some legend strange and vague, that a midnight host of specters pale beleaguered the walls of Prague. Beside the Moldau's rushing stream, with the wan moon overhead, there stood, as if in an awful dream, the army of the dead. White as a sea fog, landward bound, the spectral camp was seen, and with a sorrowful, deep sound the river flowed between. No other voice nor sound was there, no drum nor sentry's pace. The mist-like banners clasped the air as clouds with clouds embrace. But when the old cathedral bell proclaimed the morning prayer, the white pavilions rose and fell on the alarmed air. Down the broad valley, fast and far, the troubled army fled. Up rose the glorious morning star, the ghostly host was dead. I have read in the marvelous heart of man that strange and mystic scroll that an army of phantoms vast and wan beleaguer the human soul. Encamped beside life's rushing stream in fancy's misty light, gigantic shapes and shadows gleam portentous through the night. Upon its midnight battleground the spectral camp is seen, and with a sorrowful, deep sound flows the river of life between. No other voice nor sound is there in the army of the grave. No other challenge breaks the air but the rushing of life's wave. And when the solemn and deep church bell entreats the soul to pray, the midnight phantoms feel the spell the shadows sweep away. Down the broad veil of tears afar, the spectral camp is fled. 
Faith shineth as a morning star. Our ghastly fears are dead. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Alexander's Feast or the Power of Music Twas at the royal feast for Persia Wad by Philip's warlike son. Aloft in awful state, the godlike hero sate on his imperial throne. His valiant peers were placed around, their brows with roses and with myrtles bound. So should desert in arms be crowned. The lovely Tias by his side, sate like a blooming eastern bride, in flower of youth and beauty's pride. Happy, happy, happy pair, none but the brave, none but the brave. None but the brave deserves the fair. Timotheus, placed on high amid the tuneful choir, With flying fingers touched the lyre. The trembling notes ascend the sky, And heavenly joys inspire. The song began from Jove, Who left his blissful seats above. Such is the power of mighty love. A dragon's fiery form belied the god. Sublime on radiant spires he rode, when he to fair Olympia pressed, and while he sought her snowy breast. Then round her slender waist he curled, and stamped an image of himself, a sovereign of the world. The listening crowd admire the lofty sound. A present deity, they shout around. A present deity, the vaulted roofs rebound. With ravished ears, the monarch hears, assumes the god, affects to nod, and seems to shake the spheres. The praise of Bacchus, then the sweet musician sung, of Bacchus ever fair and ever young. The jolly god in triumph comes. Sound the trumpets, beat the drums. Flushed with a purple grace, he shows his honest face. Now give the hot boy's breath. He comes, he comes. Bacchus, ever fair and young, drinking joys did first ordain, Bacchus' blessings are a treasure. Drinking is the soldier's pleasure. Sweet the pleasure, sweet is pleasure after pain. Soothed with the sound, the king grew vain, Fought all his battles o'er again, And thrice he routed all his foes, And thrice he slew the slain. The master saw the madness rise, His glowing cheeks, his ardent eyes. And while he heaven and earth defied, Changed his hand, and checked his pride. He chose a mournful muse, soft pity to infuse. He sung Darius great and good, by too severe a fate, fallen, 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 fallen from his high estate, and weltering in his blood. Deserted at his utmost need, by those his former bounty fed, on the bare earth exposed he lies with not a friend to close his eyes. With downcast looks the joyless victor sate, revolving in his altered soul the various turns of chance below. And now and then a sigh he stole, and tears began to flow. The mighty master smiled to see that love was in the next degree. T'was but a kindred sound to move, for pity melts the mind to love. Softly sweet in Lydian measures, Soon he soothed his soul to pleasures. War, he sung, is toil and trouble, Honor but an empty bubble, Never ending, still beginning, Fighting still and still destroying, 
if the world be worth thy winning think o oh, think it worth enjoying lovely theus sits beside thee take the good the gods provide thee the many rend the skies with loud applause so love was crowned but music won the cause the prince unable to conceal his pain gazed on the fair who caused his care and sighed and looked sighed and looked sighed and looked and sighed again at length with love and wine at once oppressed the vanquished victor sunk upon her breast now strike the golden lyre again a louder yet and yet a louder strain break his bands of sleep asunder and rouse him like a rattling peal of thunder hark hark the horrid sound has raised up his head as awakened from the dead and amazed he stares around revenge revenge timotheus cries see the furies arise see the snakes that they rear how they hiss in their hair and the sparkles that flash from their eyes behold a ghastly band each a torch in his hand those are grecian ghosts that in battle were slain and unburied remain inglorious on the plain give the vengeance due to the valiant crew behold how they toss their torches on high how they point to the persian abodes and glittering temples of their hostile gods the princess applaud with a furious joy and the king seized a flambeau with a zeal to destroy theus led the way to light him to his prey and like another helen fired another troy thus long ago ere heaving bellows learned to blow while organs yet were mute timotheus to his breathing flute and sounding lyre could swell the soul to rage or kindle soft desire at last divine cecilia came inventress of the vocal frame the sweet enthusiast from her sacred store enlarged the former narrow bounds and added length to solemn sounds with nature's mother wit and arts unknown before let old timotheus yield the prize or both divide the crown he raised a mortal to the skies she drew an angel down john dryden the passionate shepherd to his love come live with me and be my love and we will all the pleasures prove that hills and valleys dales and fields and woods or steepy mountain yields and we will sit upon the rocks seeing the shepherds feed their flocks by shallow rivers to whose falls melodious birds sing madrigals and i will make thee beds of roses and a thousand fragrant posies a cap of flowers and a kirtle embroidered all with leaves of myrtle a gown made of the finest wool which from our pretty lambs we pull fair lined slippers for the cold with buckles of the purest gold a belt of straw and ivy buds with coral clasps and amber studs and if these pleasures may thee move come live with me and be my love thy silver dishes for thy meat as precious as the gods do eat shall on an ivory table be prepared each day for thee and me the shepherd swain shall dance and sing for thy delight each may morning if these delights thy mind may move then live with me and be my love christopher marlowe 
the flowers o' the forest. I've heard them lilting at the ewe milking, lasses a lilting before dawn a day, but now they are moaning on ilka green lawning, the flowers o' the forest are a weed away. At buttes in the morning nae blithe lads are scornin', lasses are lonely and dowy and wee. Nae daffin, nae gabbin, but sighin and sabbin. Ilk ain lifts her leglin and hies her away. In harst at the shearin, nae youths now are jeerin. Banster's are liart and runkled and grey. At fair or at preachin, nae wooin, nae fleechin. The flowers o' the forest are a weed away. At e'en in the gloamin, nae yonkers are roamin, bout stacks with the lasses at bogles to play. But ilk maid sits dreary, lamenting her dearie. The flowers o' the forest are weeded away. Duel and way for the order, send our lads to the border. The English for ants by guile won the day. The flowers o' the forest that fought aye the foremost, the prime of our land, are called in the clay. We'll hear nae mere lilton at the ewe milkin. Women and bairns are heartless and way. Sighing and moanin' on ilka green lawnin', the flowers o' the forest are a weed away. By Jane Elliot Ulaloom The skies, they were ashen and sober. The leaves, they were crisped and sere. The leaves, they were withering and sere. It was night in the lonesome October of my most immemorial year. It was hard by the dim lake of Ober, in the misty mid-region of Weir. It was down by the dark tarn of Auber, in the ghoul-haunted woodland of Weir. Here once, through an alley titanic, of cypress I roamed with my soul, of cypress with psyche my soul. These were days when my heart was volcanic as the Soriac rivers that roll, as the lavas that restlessly roll their sulfurous currents down Yannick in the ultimate climes of the pole, that groan as they roll down Mount Yannick in the realms of the Boreal Pole. Our talk had been serious and sober, but our thoughts, they were palsied and sere, our memories were treacherous and sere, for we knew not the month was October, and we marked not the night of the year. Ah, night of all nights in the year! We noted not the dim lake of Ober, though once we had journeyed down here, remembered not the dank tarn of Ober, nor the ghoul-haunted woodland of Weir. And now, as the night was senescent, and star-dials pointed to morn, as the sun-dials hinted of morn, at the end of our path a liquescent and nebulous luster was born, out of which a miraculous crescent arose with a duplicate horn, a Starte's bediamonded crescent distinct with its duplicate horn. And I said, She is warmer than Diane. She rolls through an ether of sighs. She revels in a region of sighs. She has seen that the tears are not dry on these cheeks where the worm never dies. 
and has come past the stars of the lion to point us the path to the skies to the lethean peace of the skies come up in despite of the lion to shine on us with her bright eyes come up through the lair of the lion with love in her luminous eyes but psyche uplifting her finger said sadly this star i mistrust her pallor i strangely mistrust o hasten o let us not linger o fly let us fly for we must in terror she spoke letting sink her wings until they trailed in the dust in agony sobbed letting sink her plumes till they trailed in the dust till they sorrowfully trailed in the dust i replied this is nothing but dreaming let us on by this tremulous light let us bathe in this crystalline light its sibyllic splendor is beaming with hope and in beauty to-night see it flickers up the sky through the night all we safely may trust to its gleaming and be sure it will lead us aright we safely may trust to a gleaming that cannot but guide us aright since it flickers up to heaven through the night thus i pacified psyche and kissed her and tempted her out of her gloom and conquered her scruples and gloom and we passed to the end of a vista but were stopped by the door of a tomb by the door of a legended tomb by the door of a legended tomb and i said what is written sweet sister on the door of this legended tomb she replied ulalum ulalum tis the vault of thy lost ulalum then my heart it grew ashen and sober as the leaves that were crisped and sere as the leaves that were withering and sere and i cried it was surely october on this very night of last year that i journeyed i journeyed down here that i brought a dead burden down here on this night of all nights in the year ah what demon has tempted me here well i know now this dim lake of ober this misty mid-region of weir well i know now this dank tarn of ober this ghoul-haunted woodland of weir edgar allan poe kubla khan a vision and a dream in xanadu did kubla khan a stately pleasure dome decree where alf the sacred river ran through caverns measureless to man down to a sunless sea so twice five miles of fertile ground with walls and towers were girdled round and there were gardens bright with sinuous rills where blossomed many an incense-bearing tree and here were forests ancient as the hills enfolding sunny spots of greenery but oh that deep romantic chasm which slanted down the green hill athwart a cedarn cover a savage place as holy and enchanted as e'er beneath the waiting moon was haunted by woman wailing for her demon lover and from this chasm with ceaseless turmoil seething as if this earth in fast thick pants were breathing a mighty fountain momently was forced amid whose swift half-intermitted burst huge fragments vaulted like rebounding hail or chaffy grain beneath the thresher's flail and mid these dancing rocks at once and ever 
it flung up momently the sacred river five miles meandering with amazing motion through wood and dale the sacred river ran then reached the caverns measureless to man and sank in tumult to a lifeless ocean and mid this tumult kubla heard from far ancestral voices prophesying war the shadow of the dome of pleasure floated midway on the waves where was heard the mingled measure from the fountain of the caves it was a miracle of rare device a sunny pleasure dome with caves of ice a damsel with a dulcimer in a vision once i saw it was an abyssinian maid and on her dulcimer she played singing of mount abora could i revive within me her symphony and song to such a deep delight twould wit me that with music loud and long i would build that dome in air that sunny dome those caves of ice and all who heard should see them there and all should cry beware beware his flashing eyes his floating hair weave a circle round him thrice and close your eyes with holy dread for he on honey-dew hath fed and drunk the milk of paradise samuel taylor coleridge l'allegro hence loathed melancholy of cerberus and blackest midnight born in stygian cave forlorn mongst horrid shapes and shrieks and sights unholy find out some uncouth cell where brooding darkness spreads his jealous wings and the night raven sings there under ebon shades and low-browed rocks as ragged as thy locks in dark cimmerian desert ever dwell but come thou goddess fair and free in heaven eclept euphrosyne and by men heart-easing mirth whom lovely venus at a birth with two sister graces more to ivy-crowned bacchus bore or whether as some sagers sing the frolic wind that breathes the spring zephyr with aurora playing as he met her once a-maying there on beds of violets blue and fresh-blown roses washed in dew filled her with thee a daughter fair so buxom blithe and debonair haste thee nymph and bring with thee jest and youthful jollity quips and cranks and wanton wiles nods and becks and wreathed smiles such as hang on hebe's cheek and love to live in dimple sleek sport that wrinkled care derides and laughter holding both his sides come and trip it as you go on the light fantastic toe and in thy right hand lead with thee the mountain nymph sweet liberty and if i give thee honour due mirth admit me of thy crew to live with her and live with thee in unreproved pleasures free to hear the lark begin his flight and singing startle the dull night from his watch-tower in the skies till the dappled dawn doth rise then to come in spite of sorrow and at my window bid good morrow through the sweet briar or the vine or the twisted eglantine while the cock with lively din scatters the rear of darkness thin and to the stack or the barn door stoutly struts his dames before oft listening how the hounds and horn cheerly rouse the slumbering morn from the side of some hoar hill through the high wood echoing shrill 
sometime waking not unseen by the hedgerow elms on hillocks green right against the eastern gate where the great sun begins his state robed in flames and amber light the clouds in thousand liveries dight while the ploughman near at hand whistles o'er the furrowed land and the milkmaid singeth blithe and the mower whets his scythe and every shepherd tells his tale under the hawthorn in the dale straight mine eye hath caught new pleasures whilst the landscape round it measures russet lawns and fallows gray where the nibbling flocks do stray mountains on whose barren breast the labouring clouds do often rest meadows trim with daisies pied shallowed brooks and rivers wide towers and battlements it sees bosomed high in tufted trees where perhaps some beauty lies the cynosure of neighbouring eyes hard by a cottage chimney smokes from betwixt two aged oaks where corydon and thyrsus met are at their savoury dinner set of herbs and other country messes which the neat-handed phyllis dresses and then in haste her bower she leaves with festalis to bind the sheaves or if the earlier season lead to the tanned haycock in the mead sometimes with secure delight the upland hamlets will invite when the merry bells ring round and the jocund rebecks sound to many a youth and many a maid dancing in the chequered shade and young and old come forth to play on a sunshine holy day till the livelong daylight fail then to the spicy nut-brown ale with stories told of many a feat how fairy mab the junkets eat she was pinched and pulled she said and he by friar's lantern led tells how the drudging goblin sweat to earn his cream-bowl duly set when in one night ere glimpse of morn his shadowy flail hath threshed the corn that ten day-labourers could not end then lies him down the lubber fiend and stretched out all the chimney's length basks at the fire his hairy strength and crop full out of doors he flings ere the first cock his matin rings thus done the tales to bed they creep by whispering winds soon lulled asleep towered cities please us then and the busy hum of men where throngs of knights and barons bold in weeds of peace high triumphs hold with store of ladies whose bright eyes rain influence and judge the prize of wit or arms while both contend to win her grace whom all commend there led hymen oft appear in saffron robe with taper clear and pomp and feast and revelry with mask and antique pageantry such sights as youthful poets dream on summer eves by haunted stream then to the well-trod stage anon if johnson's learned sock be on or sweetest shakespeare fancy's child warble his native wood-notes wild and ever against eating cares lap me in soft lydian airs merry to immortal verse such as the meeting soul may pierce in notes with many a winding bout of linked sweetness long drawn out with wanton heed and giddy cunning the melting voice through mazes running untwisting all the chains that tie the hidden soul of harmony 
that orpheus self may heave his head from golden slumber on a bed of heaped elysian flowers and hear such strains as would have won the ear of pluto to have quite set free his half-regained eurydice these delights if thou canst give mirth with thee i mean to live john milton End of section 6 of The Blue Poetry Book, edited by Andrew Lang.